You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word in Yeshua's name. Father, we thank you. We praise you. And uh, for this holiday that we're celebrating and uh, today and which occurs Wednesday, this coming Wednesday evening begins and in Israel and around the world. And for the, for the, we thank you for your word, Lord, which is forever settled in heaven. Your word, Lord, which shall never pass away. And for this book, this scroll of Esther, Megillat Esther, Lord, which we take us from you, we believe is inspired by you and uh, take as part of the scriptures. B'Shem Yeshua, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, not, all, not always was this believed. Uh, you know, I think it was Martin Luther who didn't believe it should have been included in the canon of scriptures, but, uh, you know, we don't like everything Martin Luther said, actually, about the Jews. So, <laughs> But he, he did have, I did read a book by him once, or, or parts of it, and it was actually really some good stuff. So I was really saddened to read his, the, the comments he made about the Jewish people, which were very bad later on. He seemed to have turned, turned negative toward the Jewish people when uh, those that he was witnessing with did, to didn't receive Yeshua, didn't respond, and, uh, and how sad. So... Um, so he said some really bad things, but, um, but uh, had some really good theology earlier on. So I don't know. Um, but <clears throat> but uh, this, this uh, book of this book, and we had a beautiful scroll here. Did someone have that scroll? Uh, McGill, I saw a beautiful McGill earlier. Bruce, you have that? Esther, Mordechai, four characters really in the, in the book that are the most important. Esther and Mordechai, Esther, Pastor, and uh, Mordechai, Shmordechai, and... Uh, who are the other two main characters in the book? Hashverosh, yes, Hashverosh, Hashverosh, the king. And who else? Haman, right. Haman or Haman. Yeah, it's really focused around those four. And um, it's Israel in diaspora in, or scattered, not in her homeland. The Jewish people and outside of our homeland. We were in scattered mode, like here, like we are if you're Jewish here. We have a lot of Jewish believers in this congregation and uh, Jewish people that come, and, uh, and we have a lot of uh, Christians that come, a lot of believe, not, uh, Gentile believers that come and love uh, being a part of the Jewish people and a part of our heritage as, as Messianic Jewish believers. And, and we're so grateful for all of us, uh, one family in Messiah, as Ephesians, the book of Ephesians says, we're one family in, in, uh, in Yeshua. Uh, but, <clears throat> um, but we are, as you know, Jewish people, we are scattered. We are not, we're still, in, if we're not in Israel, we're not in our homeland that God gave us, you know. And I'm, I'm aware of that every so often. We're, you know, my wife and I were saying, you know, hey, we are not home, really. Our real home is Israel. And we'll be there one day when Yeshua is back, if we're not, you know, living there. And uh, if you've never, Janice, you haven't been yet, right, Israel? Gosh, and Janice, you know, some of us that haven't even been there to the first time, we, we're going to get you there. We've got to plan our trip soon. Uh, feel free to contact us and let us know you're interested. And, but um, this is the case with the book of Esther. The Jewish people are not in their homeland. And, you know, we were scattered for our disobedience from the Lord. You know, it's very clear in Scripture, right? God said, if you disobey me, I'll scatter you from the, from the land that I've given your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, into the four, four corners of the earth. The first time was a local uh, scattering, the Galut, the 
Babylon, into Babylon. The second time was a worldwide scattering. And prophecy, the word of God said, God said, I will bring you back to your land. Prophecy fulfilled when Israel became a nation in 1948. Once again, uh, amazing. That's uh, the second time in Isaiah 11.11. He says the second time. This is a worldwide uh, gathering back to the land of Israel. And then Jerusalem in 1967, back in Jewish uh, in, in Jewish control, once again, fulfillment of Luke 21, 24, and prophecy being fulfilled. And we're still in times of prophecy being fulfilled. So, but this is Israel, and the events in this scroll of Esther occur historically between 400 and 300 BCE, toward the end of the Persian period, some 2,400 or 2,500 years ago. So the Persian Empire of the 4th century BCE, or BC, extended over... 127 lands, and Jews were in all or most of those lands. And this is the source of our holiday and the story of Purim, or Purim. Purim, what does the word Purim mean? Lots, right. Uh, lots, as in casting lots. In the ancient Persian, uh, in ancient Persian, recalling how it's in Persian language, uh, how there's 60 Persian words, by the way, in that scroll of, of, of Esther, interestingly enough. Uh, how Haman drew lots to determine when, and when he would carry out his plot to annihilate all Jews, young and old, infants and women, in a single day, chapter 3, verse 13. But as we know, the plan ultimately completely backfired. Um, and as Martina just prayed, God turns the curse into a blessing in Deuteronomy 23.5 and Nehemiah 13.2. The entire story covers a nine-year period, interestingly enough, not... Like we might read it and think, well, how long did this take place over? Was this like, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, I think it was, in 24. We used to love that series. You know, it was a 24-hour period. Each episode was, you know, one hour, you know. But no, it was a, a nine-year period. The whole thing takes place over <clears throat> is really as we're reading the story. And um, the Dead Sea community doesn't seem to have observed Purim. Uh, it's the only biblical book of which no remnant has been found at Qumran, and it's not one of the Moadim of Leviticus 23, the holidays that are commanded to be observed, being post-Torah, of course, in observance. But to most of us, and certainly Messianic Jews, it's, uh, it's clear, it clearly testifies to God's covenantal faithfulness to Israel. I'll bless those that bless you, and all that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to his reaching the nations through Israel. That's what's beautiful. All the people, it says, came to the Lord in Esther 8, 17. Many, many came to the Lord, many of the nations. So through God, though, though God is not mentioned in the scroll, and there are very many reason, possible reasons for that, which we wouldn't, won't get into now, he most certainly is prevalent and acting on behalf of his people behind the scenes, like we spoke about last week. God is hiding uh, if you will, but visible to the one who has eyes to see. So, uh, and that's where we, we uh, talked about that. You know, Isaiah 45, 15, for example, truly you are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, Savior. Uh, it says in the word satar in Hebrew, protect, to conceal from view or hidden. The word ester, Persian word, means to, can mean that God is hiding, if in, in a way, if you interpret it, hidden, to hide, to conceal, and then Aleph, representing 
God. God is hiding. So he is. We see his hidden hand. We see him working through everything, navigating, orchestrating, uh, putting together things uh, mysteriously. And it's beautiful, you know. And look at, look at chapter 3. We see even him setting up Vashti to be a, a, a bad wife, so to speak, to uh, King Ahasuerus. That sets the stage so that God can position Esther into her place to set the state. He knows that he's going to need Esther in that spot to rescue, to save the Jewish people later on, doesn't he? So God is always setting up things, getting things prepared. You know, ahead of time. We don't know what he's doing. Sometimes we say, What's, why is this happening? And I think that happens when I was looking at chapter 3. There's so many things you could look at here. But in chapter 3, verse 1, Haman, it says, Haman, come on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, some later, no, you don't have to do that every time. But anyway, some time later, King Ahasuerus, it says, promoted Haman, son of uh, Hamadatamatha, the Aga, Aga, Agagite, thanks, Michael helped me there, elevating him and settling his chair above all the officials who were with him. So Haman gets in this position um, and is promoted. And then all the king's servants who were at the king's gate bowed down and paid honor to Haman for the king had commanded it. But there's Mordecai. He would not bow down to or pay him honor. Now, we might look at that and say, why is it that sometimes it just seems like the wrong people get in the best places? You ever notice that? Does that ever happen? Has that ever happened to you in life? Maybe in your job, maybe in situations. Say, why did that person get promoted? And I've been doing just the right thing. I've been, you know, doing, I've been doing the best work and, you know, and following the rules. And the person that hasn't been, they get recognized by the boss and they get, you know, sometimes it seems like the wicked prosper. And the psalmists talk about that. The Bible talks about that a lot. The righteous suffer, the wicked prosper. Life can be unfair, and that's the way it is. Um, but ultimately, God's justice prevails, but not always here and not always right now. But ultimately, it, uh, it will. And we see, and that's part of the book of Esther. It's an amazing story. So, but here is Mordecai. And why does he have to cause so much problems? Mordecai, can't you just follow the rules? Why don't you just bow down to, you know, just show some honor to Haman? Why do you have to cause so much trouble for us as a people, as a Jewish people? If Mordecai had just, had just, just bowed down to Haman, everything could have been okay, you know? You could, you could look at it that way. Messy Mordecai, you know? Um, if only he'd behaved, you know? He's so, got to be so difficult. And... Here is Haman, this thorn in the flesh, and we wish that Haman's didn't exist or were removed, but God allows them. God allows sometimes the Haman's in our life and the people that we wish weren't there and the things that we wish weren't there. And Mordecai's refusal to bow to Haman results in this plan to annihilate the Jewish people, the whole race of Jewish people. And so what if my obedience to God causes misfortune for others? Have you ever thought about that? What if the, you doing the right thing causes bad things to happen to others? Don't regret that. Don't regret that because doing the right thing is always good, is always good. Now, it doesn't mean you don't use wisdom. You know, Mordecai has counsels, uh, he gives good advice to Esther. You know, he has her 
not disclose her identity, her Jewish identity, for a while. There's, and he, he had sechel, you know, we would say. He had, he had, he was, he was, uh, he had, or hachma, you know, he had wisdom. He had, he was, or bina maybe, understanding, you know, he was, he obviously, does, those, again, God isn't mentioned here, in, but, but we know he is working. And in Mordecai, he's telling her not to disclose her identity until the right time. He doesn't say until the right time, but he tells her not to, and she didn't. And she gets in this position. It wasn't being dishonest. It was just being smart. Yeshua said, be wise as serpents, right? And harmless as doves. So there's a time to be, you know, to be very clear about things. There's a time to not, to, to wait. And patience is very important. And, uh, and, and being able to shut up when we should and, and, and speak when we should. Um, <clears throat> And so the Jewish people, though, are going to be killed. They're different. We are different. And, uh, and as believers, we're different. We're not like the world. And the Jewish people are going to be persecuted for that reason. In verse 8, it says the people, all these there's laws are differ, differ from every other people's. They do not obey the king's laws. It's not in the king's interest to tolerate them. So he says, Paul says, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Haman says, give me a, let the king write an edict to destroy them. And the edict is made to annihilate, all, in verse 13, destroy, slay, annihilate all the Jews, uh, children, women, everyone, young, old, in a single day. And it's going to happen except something stop them. And who's going to stop them? Well, Mordechai learns in chapter 4 about it and learns what was happening. And he tears his clothes. And he could have thought to himself, this is my fault. It's all my fault. And been, had a guilt trip over it. But you know what? It's, it's, he, he had done the right thing. And this is obviously setting the way for them to go to God and watch God intervene. And that's what happens sometimes in our lives. Situations occur, and it's an opportunity to drive us to God so that God can open up a door. And it's an amazing combination. You know, one of the things this book teaches us is that it's a combination of, of us depending totally upon God, but that doesn't mean we don't act. Also, we are used by God to act. And just like in Ukraine right now, just like we're, we see the example uh, and like Martina just prayed, you know, of the boldness and the heroicness of the Ukrainian people fighting back and not just saying, yes, take our land, yes, take our cities, and, you know, yes, just, they're, you know, and, and, and we see that in this book. We see that these people make a stand, take a stand. And, and Esther is, going, is a model in this and Mordechai is a model. And this book, by the way, could just as well be called the book of Mordechai. It's interesting. It ends, uh, you know, talking about Mordechai. Um, but it's, you know, but it's called the book of Esther, which I'm glad it's called the book of Esther. But, but it's interesting. You know, I don't know who to, who decide. I tried to research that. So maybe uh, someone who's, can, uh, you know, let us know how that how that. Uh, came to be definitely called the book of Esther, but both are amazing. But remember, Mordechai is the one that, that kind of rebukes Esther. She is going to, she's in a place where she's getting comfortable. She's settled in. You know, she's now queen, and everything's okay for her. And so Mordechai comes and says, you've got to intervene. You've got to do something in chapter 4. 
uh, verses 9. Let's look at verse 9. He says, he says uh, <clears throat> you've got to go to the king and beg his favor and plead before him. You've got to intercede on, uh, for, on our behalf for our people, for your people. But he doesn't even know, the king, of course, that she's Jewish and that they're her people yet. Because be, we're going to be destroyed. You've got to do something about this. And remember her response. Uh, so she says, uh, they're all being summoned. They were going to be put to death unless the king extends his golden scepter. She says, but I've not been summoned. Verse uh, 11, I think it is here. Verse, I think it's, yeah, verse 11. But I've not been summoned, and unless the king ex- extends the golden sept- uh, scepter, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, it's, the, it's my end if I do that. Mordecai told her in verse 13, he said, don't think that your soul, that you'll escape the king's household more than the other Jews, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you've attained the royal status for such a time as this. And, and Esther sent, this is what's amazing, Esther sent this to reply to Mordecai, go, gather together all the Jews who are in Shushan and fast for me. Uh, it's interesting that Haggadah mentions fast and pray, but it doesn't really even say prayer. pray here. They obviously were praying. Obviously were, were going to, what, were, what do you do when you fast? But it's, it's just there's an intentional leaving out of God's, of references to God and, and to um, religious or faith, you know, faith. But it's so obvious. It's like almost like God, it's like God says, I want you to see beyond, beyond and see, see behind the scenes. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink. Afterwards, my maids, maid and I, maids and I will fast the same way. Afterwards, I will go in and the king to the king, even though it is not according to the law. So if I perish, I perish. Isn't that amazing? And Mordecai left, and he did all that Esther commanded him. Who's in charge now? Not Mordecai. Esther's in charge. Because she submits to God speaking through Mordecai. And now, because she submits, now God gives her authority. And she's now telling Mordecai what to do, and he submits to her. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, When we submit to God's authority, and we humble ourselves, now we have authority. Authority comes through submission. Um, when we are independent, when we think, well, we're, we're not going to submit, I'm going to, you know, you don't have authority then. Um, so authority comes through submission. And this word, avadti, avadti, if I perish, it means to lose, you know, valuable, it means to lose valuable uh, possessions. It means to, it's what I have, it really is to loot, to, you know, I, I would translate it, and that which I have lost, I have lost. That which I have lost, I have lost. She goes from self-preservation to self-sacrifice, from comfort to risk, from security to, you know, ready to lose her life. Amazing courage. Amazing courage. Uh, And what an example, what a model Esther is to us because she's flexible, you see. She's willing to reverse course. She's willing to have a complete change of course. She receives the correction and the rebuke and instead of rebelling and, and, you know, shirking it off, she takes action even at the risk of her life. What an example. And she says, all right, let's do this. Total change of heart um, and transformation. And again, uh, once she makes the decision, now she's in charge. Uh, I quote, my wife loves 
you know, she listens, one person she listens to uh, some great things from Joyce Meyer, and, uh, and she gets, uh, I have this quote from her, I've read it, read it once before during Purim. Joyce Meyer said, have you ever noticed that the men and women we read about in the Bible and consider great were all people who allowed God to interrupt their lives and were willing to make tremendous sacrifices for him? I think it's right on the money. Right on the money. Am I ready to allow God to interrupt my life today or tomorrow and willing to make those sacrifices? Or do I have to be in control? And do I say, no, you're not going to interrupt. You're not going to change my plans. This is what I've planned, and that's it. God working in this situation. And he is working through us for his glory to turn things around, to turn totally things around, and... Again, this word, hafach, let's say hafach, hafach, it means to change, to overturn, to overpower. Esther 9.1, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but to the contrary, hafach, let's say hafach, hafach, chapter 9, verse 1, to the contrary, to the hafach, to change, to overturn, the Jews overpowered, ruled, controlled those who hated them. Uh, complete Jewish Bible, it turned out the opposite took place. And that's interesting. I think that's the way it con- translates it in modern Hebrew, the op- to, to be the opposite, ups- or upside down, upside down. Uh, the, upside, the opposite occurred, King James translation, or turned to the contrary. 922, as the days which the Jews had rest from the enemies, the month which was turned, hafach, changed from sorrow to joy, from them, from morning to a holiday. So, amazing. God turning things. He turning, turning everything around. And, uh, oh yeah, I have that song. Do you want to play? Laura said she could play it. want to turn. This is, this is Haman's song. I actually found the song, a recording of the song that Haman sang when that whole thing turned around. Uh, if you want to put that on. Are you able to play it? Or should I put it on? Here it is. Yeah. Keep, keep it going. Keep it going. It takes a little bit. Listen to the words. This is the song he played. On me. There it is. He turned the tables. That's what happened. And now I'm falling for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he started getting attracted you to Esther the too. On me. Yeah, that's what happened. Turned the tables on him. Sing it, Billy. <laughs> I can't believe that it's true. Okay, that's good enough. Thank you. All right, I just thought I'd show you. Thanks for doing that. That was, that's Billy Holiday, by the way. Yeah, turn the tables on Haman. Okay, so anyone was sleeping that just woke you up? He's like, some of you are saying, Billy, who's Billy Holiday? Okay, you can find out. All right, so turn the tables on Haman. That's what happened. And uh, the opposite occurred. And so uh, I'll finish up here. But the enemy thought he was in control, but really God was in control all along. And uh, he decided, you know, he overturned things. And that's what's beautiful about this story. The opposite really occurred. Um, and so may that happen. You know, the, the Lord removed the wheels of the Egyptians' chariots when they were leaving Egypt, when they were you know, chasing them over the, uh, through the Red Sea in Exodus 14.25. And the chariots couldn't follow them, got stuck in the mud probably. Uh, the Lord fought for them in Exodus 14.25 many times. Uh, there are many verses that talk about God turning things around, turning things around, and um, 
I won't read all the verses I have because of the time, but many verses. Uh, Yeshua said, your sorrow will turn to joy in John 16, 20. Thank God. Amen. He will turn our sorrow into joy. And uh, God reverses. He changes the course. He changes everything. How? Well, through prayer, through Mester and Mordecai, not compromising, uh, taking a stand, interceding and praying, action, their persistence, their courage, manly Mordecai, uh, esteemed Esther, macho Mordecai, and uh, astute Esther. These two, God used them and God worked through them in a marvelous way. And may he work through us to and uh, answer prayers to actually turn things around by his power. Amen. Father, we thank you that you've done this throughout history in this beautiful story. We thank you. You replace the curse with a blessing. You, you, you maneuver things because you are God and no one is as great as you and no one can do what you can do. And there's nothing too hard for you. We thank you, Lord, in our lives. And we believe you for that today in our lives, in anything that we're facing, Lord, that it's not beyond you turning around completely. You're at work. We thank you. You can make things turn it upside down, upside down. Bring about the very opposite. You've done it in our lives. I know you did it for us this year in our lives in some thing, a big thing. Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. And I know you can do it for anyone here, Lord, as we cooperate with you and we submit to you and let you work through us. So I pray you'll do it for each one of us here today that we'll work with you and submit to you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. If you've never received Yeshua and you're watching online and you've never trusted Jesus, Yeshua, in your life, give your, give your heart to him. Just, it's a, a, he's a prayer away. Lord, I need you. I need you to turn things around in my life, God, right now. I thank you, Lord, that you love me. I believe. I'm trusting. I'm reaching out to you. Come into my life and save me. You might be here today and in that condition. Lord, take me as I am. Lord, I, I reach out to you. Turn the tables for me. <laughs> Lord, turn things around because you did that through your sacrifice, through your death on the cross and dying for my sins. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me. Give me this new start today. Give me a new start. Yeshua's name. If you're praying that prayer, let us know. We'll, someone will be here after service to pray with you. If you're here, if you're watching online, please contact us and we'll help you. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, you'd release your giftings upon your people, Lord, that they would use them mightily for your kingdom. And if you really want that, why don't we stand up? I, want, I, want, I would love to, if you don't mind, would you come forward? Can I just pray this prayer over you? This, this prayer was written by God himself. Come on up here. It was written by God himself telling Moses to pray this blessing that his name, that God's name would be upon them. And I would love to pray this over you in the original language. It's sung that I'm sure you hear every weekend, but maybe not like this. Adonai <laughs> 
Shalom, you guys know that word. Shalom, shalom, shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his, his face toward you. Precious shallow, and we agree singing. Amen. 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 Amen.
Amen. 